Welcome to Go Simcha, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth approach to the Jewish music, entertainment, and Simcha world. Now, here's your host, Zisha Littman. of Go Simcha, the podcast, is proudly sponsored by Karen Simchas Chassan Vikala. Karen Simchas Chassan Vikala was founded over 25 years ago and is based in Brooklyn, New York. KSCVK helps widows, orphans, and people who are in dire need of marrying off a child. Working through their network of vendors, KSCVK ensures that every wedding is just as special as the next. Run by world-renowned party planner Devorah Benjamin, KSCVK takes care that each wedding is as elegant as the next one, ensuring dignity and class through every wedding that they put on. To donate to KSCVK, please visit their website, kscvk.org, today. That's kscvk.org, and help make someone's wedding special. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is really exciting. We're ki- we're we're now up to season two of Go Simcha the podcast, kicking off episode one. We have a very very special guest with us, um, joining us on the show. Um, this season, we're going to be sitting down with a lot of very cool, very interesting um, Jewish musicians and singers, um, both new and old. Uh, to hear their stories, to get to know them a little bit better, and to give you a better perspective on the Jewish music world from from yesteryear. So as we kick off season two with episode one, I'd love to welcome the famous Shlomo Simcha to Go Simcha the podcast to share his story and his journey through the Jewish music world. So Shlomo, welcome aboard. Pleasure to have you. How are you? Hi, Shalom Aleichem. Uh, it's, it's great to be here, you know, um, you know, my mother always used to tell me that when I go Simcha, you know, go, that was uh, it's part of my name. So it's great to be on Go Simcha. Ah, amazing. And uh, yeah, we're very excited to be here. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So, so how did it all begin with you? I mean, you've been, you've been in the game for a long time. You have countless albums out there, both of yourself, from yourself and, and collaborations on other, with other artists. Um, but you've been in the game for a very, very long time. Um, and you know, I mean, you're, you're Canadian. You're not, you're not, you're not from the States. You're, you're from I'm, Toronto. I'm actually, I'm actually British. I was born, I was born in England. I was born in Manchester, grew up in London. And, uh, I only came to Canada after I got married. I went to Coyle to Montreal. I was, and then I got a Chazana uh, position in a shul. I was five years in Montreal and I've been 25 years in Toronto. Well, that's fun. Um, and my first album is uh, about 26 years now. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, it's about 26 years since my first recording. I mean, now that you mentioned that you're British, and I, I, I definitely hear the Mancurian accent coming out from you. Um, when I originally spoke to you, I never would have guessed you were British. Uh, that's pretty cool. Just uh, uh, yeah, a little bit left there. <laughs> yeah, it, it, but it, it's funny because with with the English, um, you, you know, depending on where you've been, I have a friend of mine um, who lives across the street from me. Him and his wife are both English. He's he's from Leeds. His wife uh, grew up here in Israel, and you would never guess that she was English, except when she gets mad at the ki- mad at the kids. <laughs> the 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 British. Comes well, usually, out. when I go home to visit, if I go to visit the, you know, if, I, if I'm in England with family, when I get back the first few days, people who've known me a long time suddenly detect. <laughs> you know, a little bit of an accent it comes on a little stronger. That's funny. Listen, Toronto, Toronto's close enough to England. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, all run by the same queen. You know, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So, how did you get involved? So you said you were. In, I, I know you were in Kasanas because I've heard some of your tracks, and they're mm-hmm. absolutely st- amazing. Um, but how did you? How did this all start for you? How did this Jewish music journey start for you? Because you're coming from a different world than, than a lot of these guys nowadays who are who are getting into it, and it's, it seems a bit easier with all the electronics and all the all the different things. 
Yeah. So the, 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 I mean, the, the Jewish uh, the music started for me. I mean, you know, as a kid, I was, I mean, I loved music. I came, I mean, Kanahara, I'm one of 13 kids and we all sang, uh, everybody sang. And it was just, I just thought that's what goes on in every house. <laughs> and um, I used to, I, I remember whenever I knew there was a concert in town or anything, I used to beg my mother to take me. And it was very hard to have a trip one-on-one, you know, when you're one of 13. But my mother made the effort. She used to take me. I went to, a, I remember going to a free concert. I was probably about 11 years old, maybe. And, um, you know, I said, to, I remember telling my mother, you know, one day, you know, one day I'm going to be up there. I, I always had this passion to, to express, uh, you know, to express music, to, to be able to, to, to get up there and express uh, singing and, and, you know, bring something, uh, bring something to the world. And um, I, I ended up, uh, I, I ended up being, uh, getting a stellar in Montreal. I was there for five years. And somebody had asked me, I, I got up at a chasana to sing just a few songs that one of the shul members and um, uh, the, 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 band, uh, the band leader heard me and he said, listen, I'm doing, I, I do albums for the Satma community, uh, generally music only, but they allow me to put vocals on if it's just uh, without words. And uh, the idea of these albums is that they shouldn't listen to what's going on in the mainstream. So he puts up four or five times a year. A very low budget albums that just it was it was doing midi midi was like the new thing then mm. and uh, he asked me if i would come into the studio and uh, and just sing a little bit of it was it was actually a purim he was doing a purim medley i sang a purim medley on there with a seasonal tape mm. and uh, it was a cassette and uh two years later um mendy werdiger who runs a derrick was in a store in williamsburg and he heard this cassette playing right on that three minute clip that I had on that seasonal album. And uh, he bought the cassette and took it to Shiamanda was he said, listen to this. And the next thing I knew, I, I got a call from uh, Mandy Wurdiger. He said, when are you going to be in New York next? I said, I happen to have a chasna next week. He said, would you come in? I came in and Shia was sitting in his office and uh, they signed me up to, uh, to do a few albums and everything. And then it just kind of, I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous bracha because I, I never knew how I was going to get into it. In fact, I, I had sent Shia demos and never heard back. And once I got to know him, he showed me under his desk, there were hundreds of cassettes. He said, they, they come daily in the mail. It's impossible. I can't, I can't even, I don't have the time to listen to them. He said, you're probably in there somewhere. <laughs> so it was just, a, it was, it was, it's an impossible task. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he was trying to run a, a current business with who he had. It's impossible to start screening and doing, especially with the material that we had then. Uh, and also to, to, on a cassette back then, people recorded, it wasn't very good quality. It was very hard right. to figure out. Um, but Baruch Hashem, like within, within, within under a year, we had an album. I, I remember meeting, uh, meeting Yossi Green. I mean, it was, it was like an absolute dream. I mean, Yossi Green, the uh, greatest composer, that, you know, just like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was getting to meet all these people and, I mean, it was like ab- absolute, like absolutely miraculous. It was like La Maila Menateva. And then my first concert was in Yad Eliyahu with uh, Mordechai Ben David and, um, and, and, and Streicher at the time. Wow. Uh, in Yad Eliyahu, 12,000 people. The first time I ever appeared publicly was 12,000 people. And it was before wow. my album had even come out. So uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of bracha that took me, uh, you know, where, you know, that took me where I, you know, where I got and. Uh, and in those days, when a cassette, like CD, it was a big suffix whether we should make a CD because it was so expensive to make a CD. We had to see how the cassette sales would go 
to determine whether our Bizoy could actually have a CD. There was still, there was just at the end when they stopped, you know, there was still pressing LPs. It was just, just wow. coming to the end of that. And um, they decided that they were going to go ahead with the CDs. And we made CDs. It was, it was like a big deal. Um, and uh, things, uh, you know, things went from there. Baruch Hashem is, you know, singing in Hask, singing in other places. Just, uh, you know, Mamish, uh, uh, big Siata Bishmaya. You know, I, I can't, you know, I can't really take credit for any of that. It's just like, uh, just big Siata Bishmaya that was able to do it. Because there are a lot of incredible, talented voices out there. Great Bali regish that just the, the window doesn't open. You know, it's 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 very hard, and and today it has other difficulties because as much as everything's open, there's millions of sound bites going all the time, and to catch that window. And when I came out with the first album, I mean, for like eight months there was nothing else out there. So people would tell me, I remember summer camp, I remember driving here, I remember flying here, I remember getting through the winters. Nowadays, your your window of highlighting something is. If you're lucky, you've got your two weeks, and then there's some other sensational thing out there that's, that's got the, the spotlight. It's just that's the reality of today. Yeah. Um, you know, Baruch Hashem, I mean, I have my, I mean, I have fans from the years, but if I had to start today, it would be very difficult. Right. No, because people's because everyone everyone's chasing the new the new the new the new big thing the new shiny thing, and I, I, I in in our world especially like something new comes on the market everyone everyone cops onto it, and you had you really got to be you really got to be in you got really got to be like hold holding yourself down and really try anchoring yourself to continue um, that momentum that you got going on. I mean, it seems like you, you, you've been doing this for, for quite some time for close to three decades and you have, you have a very, the secret is to say, to stay true to who you are. Yeah. Don't try and change with what's going on. The reality is when everybody settles down and the beat stops and the, the disco noise stops and the kids sit down and they get serious about a kumzit what are they singing everything they're singing is 25 years old yep pretty much i'm not saying there's not it, it's a good schoira you know i'm not talking about Marty stein that's you know there, 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 there's still, still some gewaldige geschmack in the gun in that to me are, i believe are timeless uh, you know the neuam and 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 um uh, um, uh, there's many of us in the good in that mamish I feel that have that uh, that quality of uh, but I'm saying Kloristik a lot of them in the good in within six months they're gone I mean I, to sing at Hasnas I have to learn songs that I know in six months nobody would even remember them wow uh, it's just something you, that we have to do right uh, you still do weddings I still do weddings. Yes. Yeah. I remind some people tell me, I can't believe you're still out there. So first of all, I'm 50 years old. <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu's career, Moshe Rabbeinu's career started at 80. <laughs> and he, in the, in the following 40 years, he made history that they're still talking about until today. I'm not, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm 30 years away from where Moshe started. So I, we're, we're, we're here. And Baruch Hashem, we've got we've got chayus and we've got strength, and the Eibush they gave us a, gave me a talent and we gave me an ability, and we're going to use it as long as the Eibush gives us koyach. Uh, Absolutely amazing. Now, you're, it's funny. I was listening to a bunch of your albums um, the past couple of days, and you're you're you have such, you have a very interesting sound. Like you you know you have you you do have that a couple of those albums that are they're all chazanas and are all like very serious and then you have a lot of different up more upbeat more horodika things and more levidic things and but it it still sounds it's it it's it's very real it's very raw and it's it's quite it's quite nice 
um, and very nice to the ears to listen to. I happen to be um, not just a host of a podcast talks about music. I happen to be a musician myself, so I know how to pick these things out. Um, and I, I like when I hear good sound. And that's what I've noticed a lot with like the older, the older, the older albums, the older, the old, the more old school musicians and singers such as yourself is that you, it's, it's a different sound. It's a, it's a more real sound, more serious sound as opposed to what, what you hear nowadays um, with all the electronics and the synths and the, and the, the electronic music itself. It's like, it's a totally different world. So it, 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 it does bring, listen, it's made a lot of things. It's made life a lot easier. Oh, but for sure. the, the trick is to stay, you got to stay true to the, you know, to the, you know, to the, um, to the basic. If you're a guitarist and you're playing guitar, just because there's an electric guitar, um, you get lazy and you don't learn the chords and you just allow it to autocorrect itself. No, if, you, if you're a player, you're a player. And then the electronics will enhance what you're doing. Right. Um, you need to realize the, the, the key thing is to really make sure to, uh, uh, to put it, and we're working right now. Uh, I mentioned you were. I'm working on H3 with the AB Rottenberg. Yep. Uh, and uh, Baruch Hashem, the first H is. I mean, the, the H1. There's there's still like five hits on one album that are still still being sung today. Even though a lot of the kids uh, don't even know. Uh, they don't even know. The, the the design of H really was that we wanted to sell Nigunim. We didn't want to sell ourselves. We wanted the Nigunim to carry themselves. So specifically. There were duets and trios, and we had guest appearances, and we had a lot of cor- we had like a choral group. The idea was that the Nigunim, the, 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 the Nigunim should sell the album, and not you know not that oh somebody you know was featuring a specific uh, singer. And um, so it's, it's a funny thing. Like uh, my, I was at my brother's house. He tells me to ask my niece if if she knows how Beit Mishamayim Re'ei. And I said, Do you know this song? Ha ha ha! Because of course that's the Maccabees. Oh. Uh, it's on the first day. Wow. So uh, yeah, it was like, you know, this is my niece. She doesn't she doesn't know that I sang that song, and uh, yeah, that, that was something we put together. So I'm, I'm just saying that you know, uh, but but the bottom line is, it's it's to the test of time. You know, it's a you know, third generation uh, singing a uh, singing those songs. Right. And uh, the challenge now doing H3, which we've been working on for two years, Baruch Hashem, we're at the we're at the finish line now, um, was to be able to take. At the same time as taking the technology of today and making a, a, a superior product in in the technical sense to really stay true to the um, you know to the original sound and that the nigunim should be what sells over here and it's been a, it's quite a challenge and uh, Donnie Gross is a very interesting guy because he's a young fellow um, who has an appreciation for a lot of the uh, for the new and the old. Right. And he really spent a lot of time listening to the fast songs on Ace, the slow songs on Ace, to be like to get the whole feeling of everything, and, and really come up with incredible arrangements and that you know that that, that are right. both fresh and and yet authentic and and they don't cloud the niggin that the niggin should still be able to come through and and carry itself. Uh, right. Well, that's very, Donnie's been style. A very exciting project. I mean, well, that's Donnie style. Yeah. I mean, we had him on, we had him on the show a couple of weeks back and we were talking about comes it's in the rain. If you ever listen to any of those albums that he puts out, it's all really I, I, raw, yeah, I, like yeah. music, the way it's supposed to be. And, and he has a very good ear for all that. And so I think that's, really I sung on the last three, the last three comes it's in the rains. Um, I just, on the new one, I just did something together with the, with the Reevee. Um, and it, it, they just get better and better. It's just the choral yeah. arrangements, you know. There's no. 
Because even as far as acapella albums are going, he's not using beatboxing or any of that. He's doing keeping it very um, pure, just very very authentic, pure. Yeah, it hits you. It hits you right where it's supposed to, and and it gives you it gives you that feeling, and it gives you that like. It hits you where it's supposed to hit you, and that's and that's what I'm saying. That's what I notice about a lot of your music as well, and I notice this with a lot of the older, older, older albums out there that they do the same thing. They're just it's it's music the way it was supposed to be because there was no, there was no shtick behind it. Meaning everyone was playing their instruments. Everyone, all this, there were studio musicians. Everyone was playing their instruments. Everyone was doing their thing and knowing their part, knowing their role, and it came together and culminated in one beautiful sound. And so that's why I like going back and listening to some of your older albums and then even some of the newer albums because you still see, it's still, as you said, it, you have to be authentic and be true to yourself and everything carries over. Even now it's 2019, like you're still carrying over those same methods and that same sound that you did back 26 years ago when you started. Thank you very much. Baruch Hashem, we, we were trying. It was, a, it was an album, Lil Shishi. I came up with an album with Yossi Green about a, a little over a year ago. It's a compendium. Yossi did a series of uh, Shades of Green, yeah. Um, Shades of Green one. So in, in the series of Shades of Green, we did something called Leo Shishi. And all, this, the, all the songs that everybody just felt, ah, you know, that's not groovy enough. And I just kind of left them from the previous ones. We, we kind of picked them up and put it together. And uh, Donnie did an absolutely fantastic job. And again, we had our two-week window where it was like falling off the shelves. And then another few albums came out and something else came out. And then, um, and it's a very interesting thing because it, 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 Baruch Hashem, it's still selling and moving. It just as people discover it, they're like, "Whoa! How come I didn't hear about this? This is amazing!" Um, really, really. Also, taking advantage of the modern technology, but staying true to the old style music. Um, uh, Donnie did a fantastic, fantastic job. Right. So, so what's it like teaming up with le- like legends like Av Rottenberg and MBD and all these these big these big names? It's uh, it's been incredible. You know, at the beginning, listen. At the beginning, it's like uh, you know, it's absolute awe. Obviously, when you you're working together regularly, you you got to get over that and just focus in. Um, but it's never lost on me. It's never lost on me. I mean, Baruch Hashem. I mean, today we you know we we have a close relationship. We're close family friends. Uh, and uh, but it's um, it, it's never lost on me. I mean, he's uh, he's absolutely incredible. And just the creativity process throughout this album. Um, has been incredible because besides just the composing, we get into the studio and, and Donnie did a very interesting thing because he had us come in uh, where, you know, where he had MIDI arrangements. We haven't committed yet to the music, which allowed that if things develop in the studio, he can go with it and just rewrite it and, and, and feature what's going on. So, um, and that's why this album's taking so long because we were able to add different things, different natures, or decide that a song needed another part, and a lot of fantastic. Th- I mean, just watching AB work in the studio every so often, I'm like, wow, you know, it, it, it's it's really, really incredible. The talent and the gift to be able to, uh, you know, just the difference between a note or two. You know, even sometimes mm-hmm. I'll have an idea and I'll throw it out and I'll say, yeah, yeah, that's good. But 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 when he repeats it. The way he syncopates it, the way he puts it in, and the notes that he drops and the notes that he keeps it, it's suddenly, it's not my idea anymore. It's a whole new thing. Um, wow. it's just, he has a tremendous, tremendous gift. Uh, uh, just every, everything, everything. And he's mocked on everything. You know, sometimes I go into <laughs> sing and maybe a listener says, nah, nah, nah. What are you doing? Go back. Why did you, why did you drop that note? You know, he, uh, he's very, uh, 
he makes sure that it doesn't, that even if you do a, a shtick or you give a little pirish, that it shouldn't affect the, uh, you know, the body of the song or the main, or the, the feel of the song of how it should be. Right. And, um, and, he, and he's very dynamic. I mean, this album has material coming from so many different directions, so many different styles. It's really, uh, it, 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 it's the privilege and an honor to work, to, you know, to work with, with, with all these guys. I mean, That's really cool. Over the years. That that's really cool. But so, how does it work? Meaning, I mean, like I know Donnie's over in New York. So, you, will you guys come stateside to go into the studio? How long is how long do you stick around for? So I do. I mean, I, I'm in New York often because of the you know. I mean, that's a big center for chassanism and things. It was often. I have two married children that live in New York. One in Flatbush, one in Queens. So I don't need much of an excuse to go out there. Um, so I had a chassan a Sunday night, for example, uh, Sunday night after Lagboyna last week. So I went in and stayed Sunday to Thursday. I stayed at my daughter's, which is like a block and a half from Dunny's, and uh, did the chasna Sunday night. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we worked. So, oh. you know, I stayed the week. It was crunch time. But, you know, at the time, like earlier on in the project, you know, I'll just stay an extra day. You just stay the day after. Uh, right. Or come the day before and uh, just uh, back to back with jobs. It's not, it's not so terrible. No, not at all. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's quite convenient. You know, Canada's just like right, right over the fence there. So. And uh, Donnie's come down. In the planning stages, Donnie came here a few times, and he set me up a little studio in my house also. So what we were doing, uh, this is already for El Shishi, that when we were just uh, doing demos and putting things together to see how it sounds, instead of me having to come in, I could do it at home. Right. He'd send me some tracks to do it at home and bounce it over to him. So Nice. Uh, which is also something you couldn't do years ago. <laughs> what, a, what a world. What an age of technology we live in. It, you know... It's very interesting that you're based in, that you ended up in Toronto. You're based in Tor- Toronto has a very rich history when it comes to Jewish music. You know, it has a lot of, yeah. like, it, it's fascinating. Shlomo Kalbach, Avi Rottenberg, Moshe, yes. Ding used to live here uh, he, he, in, in the early days. Yeah, Toronto. It just... It's a very, it's very cool. Like you know, you wouldn't think that Canada, that Toronto would have like such a, such a, uh, um, a rich history of Jewish, Jewish music and musicians, but it, it's, it's pretty cool. I don't know what the, what the fact is about. Rachmiel Begon was here. The, 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 the Miami, uh, Miami choir came out of Toronto Pirche. That all, mm-hmm. all started here. He worked in Toronto Pirche. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting how Toronto's had that, uh, had that link. Yeah. Well, listen, Canadians are nice and friendly, you know. What, what can you say? It, it's interesting. Before nine eleven, I wouldn't even tell my kids I was going. I was I would leave in the afternoon, go to do a chasana, and by eight in the morning, I was already here to do carpool. Wow! Uh, now it's not so. Yeah, literally, I'd go to the airport forty five minutes before the flight and land, and would be out without all the crazy security. Nowadays, it's not so doable. Wow, that's crazy. It's funny you have an album called Made in Canada. What was that all about? Yes. That was uh, when Chaznotz uh, and Yaakov Matzah was, was here in town, uh, living here. Um, we worked in the same shul. I, I davened three Shabbos and he davened one. And we had one week that was much more operatic and with a choir and everything. And I, I did more the Balfilla, um, uh, uh, more the Shirab at Tibor. It was, uh, it, was, it was a big shul, 1,200 families, and this was a... You know, it was a good combination. A few times a year, we would dive together. And uh, so Yaakov was here, and we had A.B. here, and I was here. And uh, there was a, we, we, we were doing a lot of choir work over here. 
So, uh, you know, Ding decided that he'd come out here and do an album called Made in Canada and just take all the guys that are associated with the industry that are living here and do an album together. So, so that, it was like, yeah, why not? It's, why not, uh, eh? He came over here to work, I mean, to, to work on, our own, on our own turf. It was very nice. It made life easier. In fact, with AB, the, the way things started was, you know, I met him when I moved to town, um, and he said, you know, we're always running to New York to do projects. You know, wouldn't it be nice if we just did a project together over here, and we wouldn't have to run in the whole time? And I was like, yeah, that sounds like an idea. <laughs> so we, we started getting together. He said, okay, you'll come over to my house, and we'll start working on Nagunim. And when we, says, no pressure. When we have all the Nagunim, eventually we'll, 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 send the, we'll send it to Israel Lamb. All right, the arrangements will come down in no rush. And when it's finished, so we'll put it out. No pressure. And that's exactly what we did. We started getting together once a week and uh, going through material. And it was, it was just incredible how it all came together. But it was all done in Canada. That's so funny. It, it's a very Canadian mentality. It's a very Canadian mindset. Ah, no pressure. No worries. Whatever. You know, like it happens, happens. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm quite familiar with Toronto. I used to go to Camp Agoda for a number of years. So I, I used to, Oh, very nice. Yeah, I'm from Detroit originally. So I used to, we used to drive up from Detroit to go to, to Port Carling and come to camp. Port Carling, sure. So I, I'm familiar yeah. with the Canadian mentality. Yeah, sure, whatever. It's all good, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what happens, happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, feel like I, I feel like you might have came to, to the camp and did a concert. I mean, I know they they used to bring. I it did. In. I did over the years. I came. I came many times. Because right, I feel like I remember. I many times. They weren't in the earlier years. They weren't very big on doing concerts, but once in a while, once in a while, I used to. Right. I used to go. Now it's really more common. They they do it more often now. Well, I did. Fine. I did come a few times there. Yeah, I was there from grade six to grade nine, and I, I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain I remember you coming and doing a show. But I mean, it could very, be. very very possible. Yeah, good times. Very possible. So wow, but you have like so many albums out there. You have like Kanina Hura. You've produced a number of different albums um, over the years. What would you say your favorite one was that you produced, and what was your favorite one that that you sang on that you like in general? Like, what was your favorite? I think the favorite one that I produced was probably Anani. Why? Um, it, it was the first album that I produced on my own. I worked very closely with my brother Shmuley. Uh, you know, we co-produced it. He helped me tremendously. And, uh, you know, working with family is always nice. And, um, I know it gave, you know, it definitely uh, gave me a chance for, you know, a creative expression in a different way than just singing. Uh, it, was, it was just a great experience. And uh, I was very happy with the results. And the album did extremely well, Baruch Hashem. And it was just a... It was a tremendous feeling of accomplishment, um, that, that particular album. Um, you know, I had a lot more. But again, at, at the end of the day, I, 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 sh- I shied away a little bit more from production because it's very difficult to wear all the hats. Right. Um, if you're performing and you're busy with production, it's, it, it, it gets, it, yes, you could, do a, you could do a high-end wedding with strings and whatever, and you organize it, you can manage. But, when it, you know, once... It, it becomes very difficult. Even even your relationship with people. If you're a producer and you're a singer, it's very different. People expect from a singer this happy, upbeat, everything is relaxed, everything's fine, it's inspirational. <sighs> if you're the same guy that has to negotiate and say, where the heck is this and what is that and why didn't this happen and you know we can't do that and 
it's late and we got to move it. It's very difficult to be the director and, and be the person that brings the, that's supposed to bring the feel good. So it, it's hard. There are a lot of circumstances where it's hard to wear both hats, but it was a nice, uh, it was a nice experience. And, and, and then going back after that, it also gave me a tremendous appreciation for what the producers are going through. Um, what the directors are going through, and uh, you're able to really have a better understanding, appreciation, and a better respect. Um, and, and you know, it, it lent for for uh, it just lent itself. The experience gave me, allowed me to have a better relationship with the producers. Uh, you know, having a better idea of what they're doing and having a better appreciation of what they do. Um, but uh, that, that particular album, I, I enjoyed very much. Uh, nice. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, in terms of singing, it's very hard to say a favorite because it's just so. I mean, I mean, I sang Machnisi Rachim in very early. The year Chaim Benet wrote this song and was singing it with his choir. Um, it, it was it was literally the last song we picked on the on the first album. It was it was that late in the game, and it was. Uh, um, it was it just uh, I, I, the first time I heard that nigga, and it was just I, I couldn't wait to sing it. And um, I remember Yaron Gershovsky played it on the piano, and the only other instrument we added to that was a sax. It was just piano and sax. There was nothing else on there, and um, that was a song that literally went down in one take. Uh, I was just I was so blown away by that nigga, and and you know it's it's been redone and redone many times. It was funny over the years. I would say that had a big part in making my career. And the Machnisi Rachmim also helped to sell a lot. The, the first album kept, every year, Elul, the first album kept selling because people wanted Machnisi Rachmim. And then as, I know in Etchisrael, people knew it more from Chaim Benet, but in, 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 certainly in America, um, it made a very big, uh, a very big ration. And then, you know, as the years go on, people would come over to me and say, can you sing Machnisi Rachmim? You know the one from Abish Brat? I'd say, yeah, sure, no problem. We can do that. We can do You know it? Yeah, yeah, I know mm. it. it but the fact that the Nigan is still around and still sang from Koim still everywhere, and I have an opportunity to, to teach it and present it to many people, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a big schuss. It's a big schuss. Oh, for sure. And I, I think, again, I think it's, it's, it's amazing that, like, you know, your Nigunim that you sang back many years ago are still around today. Granted, maybe people don't necessarily know who, who's behind them, but the fact that they're still being passed down and sung throughout the generations is something that's, that's really amazing that will never change. Um, and that's really the power of music right there is that no matter, no matter what, no matter what the sound is, no matter what the, what's going on, you're still going to have that base. You're still going to have that core, those core Nugunim that'll never change. And it was funny, right. I was actually talking about this with a friend of mine today who's a singer, and he said, most, nowadays, unfortunately, most people are just very, are very tone deaf, and they don't really know what, know, what, know what sounds good. So they think that everything generally sounds good, but, there's not, but to find real talents and to find real, um, real music nowadays, even in the in Jewish world, it's very hard. And so that's why I was saying it's really cool that these Nagunim are still going strong throughout the generations. It is, it, it is, it is, and there, there, there is, you know, there is a ton out there, and I think that uh, as the dust settles, as the different fads and, uh, you know, cycles pass, um, you know, the authentic music always ends up surfacing, always ends up being there, and, and you know, and being the, uh, you know, there's a certain way of how Yiddish Nigan should be, and it's been that way for, for hundreds of years, and I think that's, uh, 
of course, there's always going to be an influence from the outside. I mean, um, if you listen, if you listen to Sardisha music and you listen to Oriental music, there is a similarity. There's no question about it that the culture that we live in has an effect on some level. Right. Um, but, you know, of how the expression is, but the, the but the makor. Uh, you know, you know the, 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 as long as the makor is coming from a from a, from a you know coming from the right place and it's and it's driven by uh, driven by melody driven by melody. I, I think when uh, when a nigan, it's very hard to define. When people say you know define what would you call a Yiddish nigan? I'm not a, I'm not a maven. I know what moves me, what doesn't move me, and it's a very hard thing. How do you draw that line? What's the definition? Right. Um, no, for sure. But I, I have, if you, if you, if you look at the Sfarim, uh, there, there is a definition actually, really, that if it's, if the song is driven by melody, um, generally it's not Makabotum. And if it's driven by rhythm, in other words, that it doesn't matter what the melody is, that the main strength of the song is just the drive of the beat, then that's a different story. That's not the definition. So really, uh, and, and and really, that's that's really what a lot of what's going on today, where the, where the melody is irrelevant. It's just about the drive. As right. soon as the melody becomes relevant, you're dealing with a different story. That's so interesting. I, I never I never heard that shot before. That's very interesting, and and it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense because the beat. If when when people when people just want to hear that beat, they want to hear that pumping melody, that pumping beat. And that, and all that, all that noise, it, it really, it really blocks the, what's most important is the melody and the, and the, the flow and, and how the melody is really what penetrates in the shaman really what gets you, gets into you. Wow. That's really interesting. There is a, there, there was a book written, uh, which, uh, I'm not going to quote cause I don't like everything about that book. Uh, but Fair there enough. was one thing in there that I did like there was, there was, there was a safer written it, to define the difference of music, but the motives were wrong. It was coming from a kind of noise that, that I think was not the motive was not to bring people closer to Hashem and to bring people closer to each other. It was more of a kind of noise thing, but there was mm. one thing in there that I real that really impressed me. Um, and that was, they did a test in a greenhouse where they played classical music and they grew flowers mm. and the plants, different plants and flowers. And, and over a three month period, the plants um, actually not only did well, but the heads of the flowers were facing the speakers. And then they took the same greenhouse and they planted the same plants and they played rock and roll. And the flowers did not do well at all. A lot withered and died. And the ones that did survive were very, Weak, and the heads of the flowers were facing away from the speakers. This is scientific. Wow. This is just a fact. And, and you know, the, the argument was if that's the effect on a tzameach, uh, imagine the effect on a, on a, on a, on a chai. Um, and um, this is, I mean, this, this, we know from the, from the katoiras that you're supposed to talk because the koil yafal up summon, that there is an effect of sound on, on, on plants. We know that from the Torah. It's not a foreign concept. And that, that impressed me. What impressed me is that they didn't do the test with Jewish music. They did it with classical and rock and roll. Mm. So it really just proved that point. That, you know, when Chazal say that music is not macabre tumor, yeah, you can have classical music. You can be Miss, miss Oira. Right. But again, music is, music is a heksher. It's not the actual, it's, it, it's a, it's a regular that you need to give it the hand and feet because emotion without direction is, is dangerous. That's a car without a driver. You got to yeah. You got, you got to steer it. Wow. That's so deep. That's, uh, yeah. That, that, that's really uh, deep that's there. Cool. 
And, and it makes a lot of sense. Listen, it makes a lot of sense. And you see, like, you know, again, back to your music. It's been going on now. For close, you, you've been still going close to three decades now. And some of the, some of the newer the newer stuff that's coming on the market it's it's here one day gone the next you know because it's all it's driven by it's driven by the beat it's driven by the the sound and not by the by the melody and not by the, the its main koach that's really cool um, so who is who out of all the people you've worked with over the years out of all the people you performed with over the years who's been your favorite person. I know it's a tough question. It's a, it is a very tough question. It's a very tough question because I mean, there, there's um, listen. I mean, I, first of all, when it comes to inspiration, it's like if you're buying it, people always say, you know, who, who you know, well, who's your favorite artist? Who's your, what's your favorite album? Right. You know, when you're buying a dining room set, you're buying one and you're going to use it for thirty years. When you're buying music, I I could listen to I could listen to twenty singers in a, in a week and, and enjoy them all in, in a different you know in a different way. Uh, you know, um, I, 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 you know, I get tremendous inspiration from Matra and, uh, you know, he's, he's a pleasure to work with and he's a Varna Yid and, and a Heilige Yid. And I, I like the fact that he brings his whole, the whole Yiddishkeit and his whole avoid that comes into his music, which is incredible. Um, I've run freed, I mean, way before I ever met him. I mean, I, you know, uh, as a teenager when I was struggling, I mean, I, you know, he, I got tremendous Ruchnis Gachayas from, from his music and you know it was a tremendous thing to be able to, to, to perform with him later on in life um you know ab brings tremendous i mean robert chait uh, the, the purity of the kids choirs that are out there i mean there's there's ain't a dollar side i mean the, the kind of horror there is so much amazing talent and hergish and amazing things that have been done and singing for hoyle and raising money and hask and uh you know it's it's just I, I mean i have a group in toronto we have a uh, we have the Simcha Squad, where it's a WhatsApp chat, where every day, you know, oh, there's a chayla, uh, who's available, you know, and then, and it takes a lot of amateur players that don't often get the chance to play it, you know, they haven't had time to advance their music career to do it professionally. They come after work with a guitar, with a bongo, with a, you know, with a keyboard, with a, with a, with a saxophone or a trumpet, and we go on with some people, and I love those gigs, I love those gigs, there's something incredible about them. Uh, you know, making something useful out of it, and 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 a lot of people got to actually grow and get great experience by doing you know by doing this. Uh, so it, it's very it, it's not an area where you could really have a you know where you could really have a, a, a favorite. There's just a, a lot of tremendous talent. Um, you were talking about old and new. I'm I'm going to England in a few weeks in Hashem. I'm doing a dinner for um, for Boyne Oil. I'm actually doing a dinner and. Um, they're putting together a fantastic uh, musical program, as opposed to just yeah, come up there and give us uh, you know give us half an hour of. Uh, they're doing something really really special and they're creating something very special. I, I don't really want to give it away beforehand. Okay. Um, but the the Jan Gershovsky is uh, is going to be there and uh, he's writing special arrangements for the event and they're doing something really amazing and. You know, it's like 10 times the work that I would usually have to do to go to a dinner, but I'm absolutely excited and loving it. And Yaron is a guy that, you know, that's been around. He played on my first album. He's still around. <laughs> um, you know, even in his career with the Manhattan Transfer, I mean, he's been with the Manhattan Transfer for 40 years, and they still sell out performances all over the world and have won all sorts of awards. So I, I love the. There's a guy that, you know, you know, has been around for 40 years, and there's something incredible about his playing and about his arranging and, 
and uh, you know, and also he brings a lot of his, you know, history from his home, from his parents, from you know, from where he originally comes from. You know, comes into the music. I, I love the way his neshama comes out into the music. So it's very exciting to be, you know, uh, to be working together with him to to put something special together. And uh, and and the the Nagunim that we're doing there is a mix of old and new. It's really wow. a tremendous mix of old and new. Can I know her? So, uh, that's that's really incredible. That's really really incredible. And I see, you know, that's the best part about it. Is if you if you enjoy what you're doing and you get that gishmak from what you're doing, you enjoy going out there and putting on putting on these concerts and creating these albums and giving people real physics through your music and giving people like that put and people can really connect with you through your music then you know you're doing your job right i think that's absolutely incredible and you should continue to have so much hatzlacha and bracha from this and nachas from I'm everybody main. listening I'm to you um well shlomo it was, it was it was seriously a real pleasure to have you on my show i'm happy we got to kick off season it was a two pleasure to be with here. a legend and, and it's great to have to have people like you doing what you're doing to give people insights and, and be able to really take a in this fast-paced world to be able to take a second and uh, you know review and uh, you know internalize and uh, try and process what's going on. Hundred percent. I mean, this is why uh, people like our show. I mean, in in the previous season, we did over four. We had over forty episodes, and we have we have a very large fan base of people who love to listen to our show because. You know, I like I like talking with you guys to really get a better understanding of what goes on in the Jewish music world because at the end of the day, you guys are people too. You have lives, and you're not just you're not just people who go out there and perform on stage. You have lives, and you have stories, and what got you to where you are, and what how you how you became the people you are, is all tremendous. Yat Dushmaya, the Abishter has helped you so so much. And you just really have a lot of the musicians we've had on the show that you guys really have some interesting stories. And I'm happy I'm able to use this medium as a way to to show it off to people and give give them better insight to you. Thank you, thank you very much for what you do, and uh, we should uh, we should all be inspired. There's a Torah the coming to Mountain Torah right now. It's it's Shira. The Torah is called Shira. Yep. Torah is called Shira. Shira is actually a song that uh, it comes from the Gemara and Shabbos that talks about a shear. You can't take a behemoth out with a shear, which is a round collar. And uh, and something round, there's no beginning and no end. It goes and goes and goes. A good niggin, you just keep singing. It it doesn't start, it doesn't finish. It just goes over and over again. That's the Torah. There's there's no start or finish. You just keep, you you got to keep, you just keep going in it. So it's all, uh, all connected. That's right. That's right. So Bezat Hashem, we're coming up to Shavuos, and I wish you a a wonderful, wonderful Yom Tov. Much hatzlacha on your upcoming album with H Three. It's incredible what you're doing, and we should only hear good things from you, from AB, from the whole the whole Hebra um, out in Toronto, and you can only see tremendous hatzlacha. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Amen. Thank you very, very much. You've just listened to another wonderful episode of Go Simcha the Podcast. For more news, updates, and information on our next episode, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at Go Simcha Live, and don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, Go Simcha!